Uh, the times are in your bulletin. You'll know when to do that, okay? And then Easter Sunday, uh, we're doing three services, okay? So I really want to drill this into your heads over the next two weeks, okay? We're doing a service at 8.15, 9.45, and 11.15. So let's do that again. It's at 8.15, then what's the next one? 9.45, and then what? 11.15, okay? So those are our three service times, and, uh, and I hope you're inviting some friends, and it's a great opportunity in our community to reach out and invite people to church. I'm look, really, really looking forward to Easter Sunday. Then after Easter Sunday, we're going to go to two services, 9 and 11 for the rest of the summer. And I'm doing a series through the Gospel of John. We're called that Believe. And uh, man, I'm really excited to journey through the gospel with you guys, okay? Um, so you notice probably this morning I'm wearing a, a bright orange shirt. This was given to me by uh, as a gift by one of uh, the members of our congregation. And uh, you guys know I'm a big sports fan. And so this is an Orioles shirt. And man, when I was given this, I was like, oh man, that is awesome, you know? And I took it home and I pulled it out to my wife because I was like, check out this shirt. You know, I'm so excited. I wore it the next day to the office. You know, I just love this shirt. Last week, um, we had a neighbor that was going um, to the Orioles Tides game. So every year, the the Orioles come north to play their opening game in Baltimore, and they play their minor league affiliate, which is the Norfolk Tides. And so uh, they do kind of an exhibition game. I think it's the last game the Orioles have actually won. Uh, so and so they played that game. And so my neighbor was going to the game, and my neighbor knew that I was an Orioles fan. And so he stopped by my house and asked my wife, I wasn't home, asked my wife if he could borrow some Orioles gear, okay? <clears throat> and so I come home, and I say, oh, I, you know, I lent out some of your Orioles gear to our neighbor. Well, I began to break out in sweat. I'm like, we, you, didn't, uh, you didn't give that new orange shirt out that I just got, did you? And she's like, no, you know? And then I, was, I knew you wouldn't want that to go out. And I was like, what about my jerseys? You didn't lend out my jerseys, did you? And at that point, she cocked her head, and she's like, you're so selfish, you know? And, my, you know, my, my head kind of sagged. I'm like, yes, but you didn't lend out the jerseys, right? And so, she, so she's like, no, I didn't lend out jerseys. I went up, and she actually lent out one of my jerseys. So the next day, I, um, I ran into my neighbor in the community. He's like, man, thank you so much for, you know, lending us you to stuff. Of course, I'm like, uh, no problem, no problem at all, you know? And uh, he's like, listen, I just want to let you know I'm taking care of that jersey. I'm washing it, and I'm going to give it back to you. And I was like... Why don't you just return it? You know, we'll take care of it from there, you know. And, and, uh, and so then last weekend, we had our, uh, my wife's sister and her kids were visiting us. It was a great weekend, and, and my kids got to hang out with their, with their cousins. And uh, my daughter was playing with one of my nieces, and um, she, wasn't, she was struggling to share her toys with one of the nieces. And, and uh, you know, that's never, you know, as a parent, your heart always breaks. And my wife looks at me, and she goes, She's just like you with the jerseys. She don't want to share, you know. And and I, and I was like, yes, I'm I'm making disciples, you know. And uh, and true. So so this morning, you know, we're finishing this series called the Go series, and 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 the and the commissioning that Jesus Christ gave to his people. And, and we talked about two weeks ago the importance of going. And then last week we mentioned that in the commissioning, there's the, the, uh, the, that we're to baptize those who are followers of Christ. We had a great baptism service. And now this week we're kind of coming back to the commissioning itself. And, and the commissioning is to go and make something. We're to make disciples. And I, I would imagine that a lot of us, if you're like me, you're like, I don't even really know what that word means entirely. We kind of throw it out there in church. 
church life. And sometimes we're like, you know, what does it mean to, to make a disciple? So let, let's check this out and then we'll come back to this. Okay, Matthew chapter 28. Verse 18, Jesus, Jesus came and he told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make what? What's it say? Disciples. Okay, so that's kind of where we're going to park here this morning. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples. And, and by the way, we're going to come back to that next week, that kind of idea, teach the new disciples. But teach the new disciples all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. So let me ask you a question, and I kind of told you guys that um, this year at Coastal is kind of what I'm calling the huddle year. We're going to kind of huddle up. It's like a football play, right? You know, they huddle, and then they break to, 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 uh, to run the play that they huddled up and discussed. It's kind of a huddle year, right? And so this is one of the questions that we've been asking ourselves, like, what is it to make a disciple, I want you to think about that for a minute. In fact, I want you to take your note sheet, and I want you to take just a moment and, and write down a couple key elements that it takes to make a disciple in your mind. All right, think about that. What does it, what does it take to make a disciple of Jesus Christ? I feel like we should play some Jeopardy music. All right, but I want you to write that down. What, what does it take to make a disciple? Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, you're not writing anything, and the person next to you is scribbling furiously, okay? They're just doing, they don't know either, okay? They're just doing that not to look dumb, right? So, okay, what does it take to make a disciple? Write a couple things down. And we're going to come back to this in a moment. You know, I think if we're going to make disciples, the first thing we have to do is define what it is, all right? So, well, what is a disciple? Literally, the word means a disciple is a learner or a follower, Okay, so learner or follow. In fact, you could you could probably put another slash mark next to it and put imitator. That's why I said I'm making with my daughter. I said I'm making disciples, right? I mean, she's imitating the behavior of her father according to her mom. And so, um, you know, so it's an imitator. It's a learner. It's a follower. And so our goal at Coastal Community Church, if we're going to make disciples, we, we don't want to make disciples of Coastal Community Church or Pastor Sean or any of the leadership. We want to make disciples of Jesus Christ. How do, how do we get as a congregation, how do we help people become learners and imitators and followers of Christ. Jesus probably said it the clearest in Luke chapter 9. He said this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He said, and then he said to the crowd, he said, if anyone wants to be my follower, he must turn, we, you must turn from your selfish ways, which is the great word. There's repentance, right? Turn from doing things your way. Repent, right? Take up your cross daily, which means you die to you and follow me. So what a disciple is, it's it in a nutshell. You know, at Coastal, we've, we've defined our vision statement this way. The vision of Coastal Community Church is to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. We want your following Christ to be real. We want it to be authentic. We, mean, we understand that means sometimes you fall down. It means sometimes you fall short, but you get back up and you continue in the process to becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, moment by moment, day by day, in a pursuit of being more like Christ. That's our goal. And we want to come up with a process to help develop you in this. And, no, and notice, by the way, and I hit on this a couple weeks ago, and I want to remind you because I think this is critical to under, your understanding. It doesn't say you become a convert and then you become a disciple, right? You, you don't start by checking a box or raising a hand or praying a prayer, although that can be the beginning of your process to being a disciple. I get all that, but it's not a convert and then you're a disciple. To be a disciple is to be a follower of Jesus Christ, which is what it means to be a convert, which is what it means to be a Christian. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, you are a disciple and you should be in the process of growing to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And so discipleship is a process. 
all right? Is it a one-time action? Of course it's a one-time. I get that. But it's also a process that we're growing to be more and more in the image of Christ. We're learning and we're growing in our process of learning to deny ourselves and follow Christ. We're, we're learning and we're growing in the process to hate sin and love righteousness. We're growing and we're learning in the process of learning to die to ourselves and serve Jesus' church and love his church the way he loves his church. And we're growing in the process of loving lost people, making sure that if there's somebody around us in our sphere of influence that doesn't know Jesus, that like, our heart beats for that person. Because Jesus' heart beat for people that didn't know God and were far from God. We're growing and learning what it means to live out the gospel message by pursuing good deeds and, and justice and mercy. We're growing in, in our learning and our following and understanding what it means to live by faith. We're learning and growing what it means to celebrate our right standing before God and our new heart and our ability to grow in holiness. And all these are gifts of grace alone, attained by faith alone. We're learning and growing and following Christ in those things. We're learning and growing to boast in nothing but the cross of Christ and his gospel. And we're learning to flee from pride and self-achievement. That's a process as we grow following Jesus Christ. We're learning and growing to be a person of prayer. Now, church, these are just a few marks of what it means to be a disciple. You may have written some of these down at the top of your sheet, right? Maybe you did. Maybe you've got some other ones, all right? And so, since there's this process to growing to be more and more like Jesus, we gotta, uh, to, we got to ask, what was Jesus' approach? What, how did Jesus build in to his 12, especially, disciples, right? How, what was Jesus' approach to discipleship? Well, a couple things as we, as we look into the Gospels, and we're really going to see a lot of this in the Gospel of John. I mean, Jesus' ministry was very relational, right? I mean, he spent a lot of time with 12 guys. He poured into 12 guys specifically, what we call the 12 disciples. And in fact, even one of those 12 denied him and went his own way. But he, you know, 12 of them he poured into. And if you read your Gospels closely, there were three guys he really invested in, Peter, James, and John. They kind of got some special glimpses into Jesus' ministry. It was very relational. He hung out with people. But he also taught, and there was times where he taught the large crowds. There's, there's times where, where Jesus uh, had personal practices of spiritual disciplines, right? We see where he's away from from the crowds. He's by himself, and he's, he's in prayer, and he's fasting, and there's, there's personal spiritual disciplines in the life of Jesus. There's times where Jesus went to church, all right? He's at the synagogue, and you know, he's at church, and there's other times he's not at the church. He's out in the community at the local parties, right? He got accused of being a drunk. Well, you don't get accused of being drunk unless you're hanging out where people are getting drunk, probably, right? So he's out in the community building relationships with people. We see all of this in Jesus' process, right? There's times where Jesus gets together with his people and, he, and he's partying with fellow believers. We like to call that fellowship, right? He's hanging out with fellow believers. And there's times where he's with fellow believers and he's weeping over the brokenness of life. There's times in, in Jesus' approach that, that he, he's very holistic. I hope you're seeing that. And I, I don't have time to go to all these verses, so I'm asking you to trust me a little bit. But, you know, uh, there, Jesus' approach to discipleship is very holistic and it's very relational. You know, what we tend to do is, 
we tend to what I like to call passion projection. Now, here's what passion projection is. Whatever God used in your heart to help bring you to be more like Jesus and to grow in your discipleship process, you think that's what we ought to emphasize. And that's okay because that's what God used in your heart and life. So in other words, is that when you first came to Christ and you first became a disciple and, and what really struck a chord with you was the music, man. And man, we sang praises and it was like, man, something in your heart just swelled up for the Lord. And, and so like you, we, you come to church and you love the music, man, and you're singing. In fact, when the guy gets up in the bright orange shirt, you're like, why has he even got to get up there? I mean, why can't we just keep singing, you know? And, and you know, and because that, you mean, you're passionate about it because it's what God used in your life. And, and maybe, maybe uh, for you, maybe that's not your story. Maybe your story is, man, I, I love the preaching, you know, and, and the teaching time. And man, I don't even know why we got to sing. That's kind of how I'm wired. Like, why do we got to sing? Let's just get to the preaching part, you know? And so that's kind of my passion. And, you know, and when we tend to project our passions, well, this is what you need to be to be a disciple. And maybe you're here and you're a prayer warrior and God really used prayer to help grow you to be more like Jesus Christ. And you know, you're, you're kind of around going, well, we just need to pray all the time. So all we need to, all we, we just prayed, right? And I always say, if we only prayed, the musicians would stink. And so it's a joke. Anyway, so, um, you know, and, and, and maybe God really used meeting the needs of the poor to help grow you in your discipleship. And you're like, man, we just got to be out meeting the needs of the poor, you know, and, and you're really passionate about that. And, and my point is my, that, that we tend to project our passion. And we have to remember that Jesus used a very holistic approach to discipleship. In fact, I would imagine that whatever you wrote down at the top of your sheet, like this is what a disciple needs to do. That's probably what God really used in your heart to help grow you to be more like Jesus Christ, okay? And so Jesus used a holistic approach to making disciples. So, so now let me, let me make a transition, okay? At Coastal, we've been given, according to the commission of Christ, our, our vision and our goal is to make disciples. And so we have been asking the question, well, how do we do that? And how do, we, how do we make disciples of Jesus Christ? How do we, if our goal and our vision is develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ, we have been asking the question, how do we do that? And so what we've tried to come up with is something that would be memorable and, and, would, uh, and will help you grow to be a disciple of Christ. So let's talk about our discipleship process at Coastal Community Church. Now, uh, before I introduce you to this, let me, let me give you a few disclaimers, okay? A few disclaimers. First of all, I'm about to give you our process. Is it the only process in the whole world that can be used to make disciples? No, of course not, okay? Um, I'm not saying it's the only way. I'm not saying it's the perfect way, okay? I'm not saying it's the perfect way to make a disciple. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that in, in our process, sorry, everybody look at me for a minute. All right, everybody look at me. Stop looking at the screen. All right, I'm hoping, <clears throat> there you go. That's how you get them to stop looking up there. <clears throat> so... I'm hoping that out of our process, some very organic relationships will take place that are not a part of the process. I can't script everything that God would want to do to help develop you. But what we're trying to do is come up with a process that will help you grow into authentic followers of Jesus Christ, okay? And so what we're laying in front of you as we've huddled up this year, and some of this you already know, okay? But this process is intended to be unifying and memorable and visible, I want you to hear that again. As a congregation, we want this to be unifying, memorable, and visible, okay? So you're going to start hearing more and more of this. Now, some of you are going to know immediately our process, okay? Our process to develop authentic follower of Christ is three things. We want you to do what, church? What? Connect, and then what? 
grow, and serve. Now, part of the mistake I think I have made over the years in laying that out is we kind of think it's this linear checkbox. And what I want you to see in our new vision statement here is to, or our new visual is to help you understand it's, a, it's an organic process, which all three of these we believe needs to be in your life to develop as an authentic follower of Christ. All right, no, let's do this now. Here we go. All right, so this is what we're going to be laying in front of you. You guys are going to be seeing this more and more. I got my little laser pointer. It's not very big, okay? So you guys see this part right here, okay? This part of the track is we want you to connect by being a part of corporate worship. Now I'm going to unpack these here in a minute. Now I think that's where for a lot of Americans, that's where their discipleship process ends. It begins and ends right there, all right? And so if you do that, you're leaving out some significant biblical passages to help you grow as an authentic follower of Christ, okay? The second part is we want you to grow, and here's what we mean by that. This is the next part of the track is we want you to grow by being in a small group ministry. And I'm going to come back to that again. I'm going to unpack these in a minute in your notes, okay? And then the third thing is we believe that God has created us to serve in a ministry and a mission uh, to help reach the world. The ministry of God's body, the local church, okay? That's one of the terms used throughout the New Testament to describe the church is it's a body. And so we believe every person that's a follower of Jesus Christ is a part of the body, has a ministry in his local church. But we also believe there's a mission for you to do to, to help reach the nation and the the community and the world, okay? And so, so with that said, that's our process. Everybody got that? Everybody looking at that and kind of jotting it down? Okay, let's move forward. Okay, now are you ready? So here's the thing we want you to do. Number one, when I say connect, I mean we want you to connect in corporate worship, all right? We want you to connect in corporate worship. <clears throat> it's this, this part that you're part of this morning, okay? Hebrews chapter 10 says this, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. When was the last time you sat around and go, man, I wonder if there's some ways I can help some of my brothers and sisters in Christ grow in acts of love and good works? That's the command. That's what, that's what disciples do for other disciples. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Which, by the way, if the author of Hebrews wrote this 2,000 years ago, how much closer are we to the return of Christ? Right, we're two thousand years closer. Okay, <clears throat> let me just fill that in for you. So the, we never know. I always say the return of Christ is imminent. We never know. It could be tomorrow, it could be another thousand years. I don't know, but it's imminent. We never know when Christ is going to return. And he says, we need to gather together to encourage one another. Now that the, the, the return of Christ is drawing near. And so corporate worship, we meet regularly together. All right, this is one of the ways, this is, this is how we want you as a disciple to connect to God. Our hope is that when you come in here, that this, the time of singing and the time of preaching, it rekindles a passion in your heart and it motivates you to love others and serve others. And so if we're going to stay connected, you've got to meet regularly together in corporate worship. Now, there's someone here this morning that, um, this is the first time in a long time you've connected in corporate worship. Many of you haven't been to church in years, months, years, whatever. And, and so I want to encourage you that your first step in this process is make corporate worship a regular connecting point where you're engaged with the singing, engaged with the preaching of the word of God. And so at our church, you know, we meet regularly. And what do we do? We focus on two main things. Number one, we want to sing together. Okay. Why do we sing in corporate worship? Right. Now, for those of you who love it, you're like, because it's great, okay? But for those of you who don't, you're like, well, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, a disciple sings. That's the overflow of the gospel in the heart of a disciple. 
to sing praises and thanksgiving to the God of the universe for his generous gift. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Some of y'all have experienced that, right? Or are in the process of battling that experience. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, making music to the Lord in your heart, and give thanks for everything to God our Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, notice the close connection between the work of the Holy Spirit and singing. Right? When the Spirit's design, he's changing us and he's molding us more and more into the image of Christ, more and more in our process of discipleship, imitating and following and learning from Christ. The overflow of that is a, is a heart of singing. And even for, uh, you know, the guy like me that's kind of heady and likes studying and likes, you know, preaching, like there should be an overflow of singing in our hearts because of the work of the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the Bible, anytime there's a great movement of God, you see the people of God sing a new song to God. It happens over and I could, I could point you to 10 scriptures where there's singing, right, to God as an overflow of the work of the Spirit and the work of the gospel. The second thing we do is we focus on preaching. We try to keep our service really simple. We want to focus on singing. We want to focus on the word of God and preaching. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God, is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses us to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Okay? Each week at Coastal, we open up this book and we say, this is God's word. Next week, I'm going to spend a little more time on what we teach them. We teach in the authority of Christ and the word of God is his authority, okay? And I'm going to spend more time there. But, you know, at Coastal, we teach the word of God and we believe it's true. We're not going to waver off that. And even as our culture is running 100 miles an hour the opposite way from this book, we're going to stand and say, no, no, we believe this is God's word. It's true. It's the cornerstone of all we do. It's the authority and the power of what we do at Coastal Community Church. We're not going to waver off that. And we believe when it's taught rightly and truthfully that the Holy Spirit empowers it and changes your heart and life forever and ever if you'll change your behavior and obey the things of God for the glory of God and for the gospel. So you're becoming a disciple. You're learning, you're following, and you're imitating Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things that <clears throat> we had a little funny yesterday, Jeff, Pastor Jeff and I were at a wedding at a pretty formal church. And one of the things I often say here, when I start my message, I say, hey, there's a Bible in the chair in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, we want you to take that one with you because that is what? What do I say next? That is what? Our gift to you, right? And so we were at this wedding, at this formal church, and they had beautifully leather-bound Bibles in the chairs in front of us. And Pastor Jeff leaned over to me and says, you think I could take this one with me? You know, I'm like... <laughs> Probably not. We, we get the cheap paperbacks, don't we? So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so take that one with you. So, so Jeff and I are just sneaking out with all these letter-bound Bibles, you know? And it's, just kidding. We didn't do that. We wouldn't steal from a church, okay? So, um, but anyway, you know, all, the weekend service is focused on singing and, and, and the Word of God to help you grow as a disciple in Christ, all right? Now, if that's all you're doing is sitting in rows and facing forward as we sing and teach, there are some really big holes in your process to becoming a disciple. There are New Testament commands that, that the New Testament teaches the disciples of Jesus that can't be fulfilled sitting in rows facing forward. And we live in a culture where that is mostly what most Christians do. 
sit forward, face forward, sing, listen, go home, hope that it touched them, I learned something today, I got something out of it or whatever, and that's it. And if that's the end of your process, there are some gaping holes in you becoming a disciple of Christ. In fact, that's not, Jesus didn't do all that. Did he do some of that? Yes, he did, but that wasn't all that he did, okay? And so the second thing, the second part of our process is we want you to grow by being in a small group ministry, We want you to grow by being in a small group ministry. This is where, and I love what Pastor Jeff says on this. He says, this is where we take the Bible and we intersect it with real life. All right? If you've been a part of our small group series that we just went through, and uh, we always, two times a year, we really encourage the whole church to journey together through through what's being taught at our corporate worship and then be in a small group where it's discussing, you know, the questions for their small groups. Some of them are really penetrating each week where we take this and we, and, and we try to ask applicable questions to your life. Did you take the truth that was taught this week and did you really intersect it with your life in small group ministry? It's in small group ministry where you're going to be ministered to. There's going to be a time in your life that you're going to have a need. Maybe you're in the hospital. Maybe life's just stressing you out. You're going to need some help from other followers of Jesus. If you're not in a small group ministry, no one may know about that, right? There's going to be time where you need other followers of Jesus kind of come along and help you. That happens in small group ministry. There's in small group ministries where you're going to need, you know, when those times come, you're going to be gathered around to pray with you. You have some fellow disciples that will gather and pray over you and with you and encourage you. That happens in small group ministry. There's times in small groups where small groups will go out into a serve project together. Why do we do that? Because we believe that's your next step, but you do that together in community. That's something really cool happened a couple weeks ago. You know, a lot of times at Coastal, you know, if you get sick and you're in the hospital, like, well, did the preacher visit you, you know? And, and like, church, when we're running seven, eight hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars, I don't know when everybody's at the hospital. I, I actually really enjoy doing that kind of ministry, but I just can't do that all the time. So there was a, a person I was talking to a couple weeks ago and they were telling me some of the ailments they had. And I was like, oh man, it sounds like you had a rough week. I didn't know all that was going on, okay? They left and their small group leader came up to me afterwards and they said, now Pastor Sean, we knew this person was sick and we didn't tell you because we thought it was our job to minister to them. And I said, you did great. In fact, one of the things we teach in our membership class is we believe that every member is a what, what? A minister. So if you got ministered to by a minister of Coastal Community Church, then you got ministered to, didn't you? Right? And so if you're not, if you're not in a small group, there are going to be parts of the intersection of the New Testament that you cannot, that cannot happen. In fact, part of small group ministry, there's times where you're in a small group ministry and the people in your small group, they just annoy you. And you've got to figure out how to work through that, right? Because Ephesians tells us you got to make every effort to keep the unity and the peace in the body. How are you going to do that if you just sit in rows and don't know anybody? Sometimes the annoying person is there for you to sharpen you. Do you know that? And melt and make you more like Jesus Christ as a follower and as a disciple. Okay? Um, and so we want you to be in a small group ministry. Third thing is we want you to serve in a ministry and a mission of Coastal Community Church. Again, I don't have time to, this morning to unpack all of these individually. But we want you to serve in a ministry and a mission of Coastal Community Church. If all you're doing is you're soaking as a sponge each week, man, I'm just soaking up. So you become a big, wet, sloppy mess, right? I mean, a sponge isn't just to soak up stuff that's not doing anything. A sponge is, you know, to use to be clean or do clean or do something positive with the soaking, right? And here's the crazy thing about the God that we worship and serve. When you give back, 
he, in the giving back, he actually fills you, right? Did you ever serve in a, in a ministry or a mission? And you're like, as you, as you go, you're fatigued. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And then you go and you serve and you come back. And you're like, man, I, I can't believe how awesome that was. That's how God works. And, and there's a couple, uh, uh, one of the key words in the New Testament described the church is the church is a body. Every person that's a follower of Jesus Christ is a part of this church. You're, you have a part to play. And, and we offer on a regular basis what we call our serve class. Maybe you're, sitting, you're like, I don't really know where to plug in. Man, we have a great class to help you with that. All right? We have a great spot and, and it'll help you discover your gifts and your passions and your talent. And then we hook that up with some of the ministries of Coastal Community Church. And you may find a great spot to plug in, all right? And then we want you to serve in a mission of Coastal Community Church. And, and by the way, we, we've done something very intentional. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm going to bring it to your attention. We've, we've, we've put out in our, in, our, in our foyer area three um, information centers, okay? And they're very intentional and they're very specific. They all three go to this track I just gave you guys, all right? Corporate worship, and then we've got a, an information center about small group ministry. So if you're sitting here like, I've never been plugged in, man, we've got someone at the information center to, to guide you into small group ministry. And then we've got a a, an information center for a ministry and a mission. So each week, each week we're highlighting a, a specific ministry, but there's information about how to plug into other ministries at Coastal Community Church. And then we've got our missions information center because we support and we want, and last month was Missions Madness Month, and we were showing you all many, and we'll be showing you many more of some of the missions we support financially, but we don't want to just like stroke checks and support financially. We want you to get involved as well. And so maybe there's, we want you to go to the information center. It's very intentional. Okay, because we believe these all three of these things need to be in place for you to develop as an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. Okay, um, in fact, whenever I talk to someone that maybe has been coming to Coastal for a while and they're like, "Man, I feel really disconnected from Coastal Community Church," you know what I always ask them? I ask them two questions: Which small group are you in, and which ministry and/or mission are you serving? You know what I get ninety percent of the time? You know what I get? I'm not. I'm not. So I'm like, well, like we set up these processes, not because it's just something we thought, well, let's just do this. Like we, this process is what we think needs to be a part of you developing as an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. He doesn't intend for us to sit in straight rows and look forward. And that's all we do. Is that part of it? Of course, that's part of it. But it's holistic. And you got to be in. A, you got to be rubbing shoulders in community and unpacking spirituality in community with other fellow believers, other disciples. Okay. And then you got to serve in the body, and you got to serve on mission. My hope, one of my dreams, is that every person in this body will one day take a one-week missions trip, okay? Preferably internationally. Just one time. It doesn't have to, not that everybody's going to go and be a lifetime missionary. It will radically change your life. It, you'll see God in another culture. You'll see that God is not just an American God, okay? God's doing things globally. You're going you're to see needs in other countries that will blow your mind. It'll, it'll help you adjust your spending habits here in America as you see global needs. I can promise you that, okay? It's going to just radically change you. Why? Because that's all part of the process to developing as an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. Now, what if you're sitting here this morning, you're like, well, I'm already doing all three of those. What's my next step? Your next step, and I want everybody to do this for me. Everybody lean forward in the chair in front of you. There should be an invite card. Everybody get an invite card, all right? Except the front row guys. They're like, there's no chair in front of us. What do we do? I don't know, okay? So um, not really planned for that. Um, okay, invite. Everybody got an invite card? Hold them up. 
I don't know if y'all got them. Okay, invite card. So last week we gave you a um, we gave you a card called a Reach Three card, and on that we actually had the Great Commission verse on there, and we had the verse on there because we were hoping maybe you would begin to memorize that verse because uh, we believe that part of being a disciple is committing some scripture to memory, okay? And so you'll memorize that because it's a key verse for Coastal, but also write down three names of people you're going to pray for that, to your knowledge, maybe don't have a church home. Maybe they do, but you don't know, and so you're praying for them, okay? My hope is you'll take this card, and you'll invite them to Easter services, okay, in two weeks. Now, obviously, you maybe have three names on there, so if you want to invite two more, they're at the Connect Center, get two more cards, but I definitely want you to have one, okay? Take this with you and say, God, who do you want me to invite? And here's my hope. Maybe you're already doing those three. Maybe you're, you're already in corporate worship, you're already in a small group, you're already serving. My hope is that God will use you to connect with someone that you can now walk through the process, right? Starts by getting them part of of, um, corporate worship. And then when we stand up here and say, hey, if you're new to Coastal and you, you know, you'd like to know how to get involved, who we are, what we believe, and are we are Coastal class, which we're offering today, you say, hey, you want to go to that? I'll go with you, Right? And you get them there, and you say, you know, you, why don't you come to my small group? Man, we, great stuff happening in our small group. And then, hey, I'm serving this mission. Why don't you join me one week, you know, as one of the greeting team children and whatever, you know. And, and they begin to walk with a person through the process of developing as authentic followers of Jesus Christ. By the way, I believe this. You know, some of the greatest leaders of Coastal Community Church going forward aren't even here yet. You ever think about that? Some of the greatest leaders of Coastal Community Church, some of the greatest ministries are going to be birthed out of Coastal Community Church, they're not even here yet. Because it's up to us to say, hey, you know what, we, you know, as God brings us people that are part of the body, and they've got gifts, and they've got passions, they've got leadership abilities, whatever, and they're going to be a part of us and grow with us going forward, okay? And so some of you, that's your next step. All right, I want to finish with a story. I've used this story before, but I think it's a great way to end here this morning, all right? Um, the all-time leading rusher in the NFL, okay? Now, if you don't know what that is, okay, I've got to give you a sports illustration. Let me demonstrate. In football, there's a guy that stands behind the quarterback. He's called the running back, okay? And sometimes the quarterback hands the ball to the running back, and it's his job to run forward and try to get a touchdown, okay? And he does that while 11 other guys are trying to tackle him, okay? And so he's running forward. So the guy that gained the most yards going forward in the NFL is a guy by the name of Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith, I know, all, all, the, all the Redskins fans are like, ugh. Okay, so he was a Dallas guy for most of his career. All right. 18,000 NFL yards he rushed for. Okay. That means that Emmett Smith, in, on an NFL field, ran forward for over 10 miles. Okay. 10 miles. But here's the fascinating thing about his 10 mile journey through the NFL he averaged. yards a carry. That means he ran 10 miles going 12 feet at a time. Okay, and in every 12 feet, there were very large, sweaty, angry, 300-pound guys trying to make sure he didn't go any further, okay? And and so he would get knocked down, and he would get up. Emmett Smith, in his 10-mile journey through the NFL, got tackled 4,370 times. And after every tackle, he dusted himself off, he got back in the huddle, he broke from the huddle, and he did it again for 4.2 yards. He got knocked down, and he got back up, and he journeyed forward for 10 miles through his NFL career. 
And I love that picture because I think a lot of times we think in our following Jesus Christ, it's a, it's a sprint, man. We just, we just get up and we go, man. We become more like Jesus. Woo, you know. And there's enemies to our faith, and it's difficult, and the day-to-day grind. And maybe this morning you're like, as I'm talking, you're like, yeah, I haven't been in a small group ministry for a while. Or I haven't served in a while. I've been a little disconnected. And I want to encourage you, man, there's times where we get knocked down, but we're not allowed to stay down. If the gospel message has grabbed hold of our heart by the grace of God, we got to say, you know what? I'm pursuing Jesus Christ on a day-to-day basis. And I believe if I do that in the small stuff day-to-day, that God can multiply that life and use it to bring glory to Jesus Christ. So we dust ourselves off for the glory of God. And we get up, we take the next 4.2 yards. All right? Hebrews chapter 12 says this. I love this verse. Therefore, the author of Hebrews says, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, and by the way, the huge crowd of witnesses are all these saints of the past, you know, Moses and Noah, and the list goes on and on of these saints of the past. Since we're surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with what? What's that word? Endurance. Let's run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And by the way, this is a key point. God has set a different race before you and you and you and you and you and me. I think sometimes we look at the race that God has set before us and we're like, I don't want this race, I want their race, right? Why do I gotta run that race? I'll tell you why, because God knows what race you need to run to bring him greatest glory with your life, all right? And so we run with endurance, the race that God has set before us. And how do we do this? How do we do it? By trying hard? Hey, we come to Jesus by grace through faith, and then we try really hard? No, we do this very simply. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Remember what Paul said in Galatians? He said, you started your journey by the gospel, by grace through faith, and now you're trying to earn it by being good. You've missed the point. The gospel message starts us, and it finishes us. We keep our eyes on Jesus Christ from beginning to end, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is the champion, who initiates, and then does what? Perfects our faith. Church, it's our job to dust ourselves off. Say, you know what? I'm in a process of imitating and following and learning and being more like Christ every day. So let me ask you this, and then we'll close with prayer. What's your next step in the journey? What's your next step in the journey? For some in this room, next step is, you know what? I haven't been to coast. I haven't been to corporate worship in a long time. My next step is I'm going to be here again next week. I'm going to commit myself to being a part of corporate worship. For some in this room, it's, you know what? I I haven't been connected in community in a small group in a long time, maybe ever. I I need to get myself into a small group ministry. For some in this room, it's like, man, I've I've never really served the body of Christ, never really committed myself to a ministry. I'm going to find a spot. I'm going to commit myself to ministering to the body of Christ. For some in this room, it's I've never really stretched myself to get outside in community and do something a little bit more difficult in mission. I'm going to find a mission. Man, we have a ton of them locally, but some of you are going to stretch and go internationally. I just know that. Okay? And that seed's being sown and being, being birthed right now. For some of you, the next step for me is to, is to join in membership. For some of you, the next step here is to, is to be baptized. You, you saw the people last week give their stories and profess, profess Jesus Christ publicly, and that's your next step is to make sure Jesus is, is professed publicly in your life. For some of you, it's to come to We Are Coastal Center and find out what's going on Coastal so I can join in, be a part of what God is doing. But for every single one of us in this room, there's a next step in the process 
to becoming more like Christ. For some of you in this room, it's to invite that neighbor that you've been praying for. And you've been coming to church so long, you've forgotten what it means to not know Christ and you've kind of lost that heartbeat and you've been praying now and God rekindling something in your heart like, man, I'm really concerned about people who don't know Christ. For some of you, it's to invite that neighbor and, and show up with them at the door and begin to look for and pray for opportunities to walk them through the process of coastal becoming and developing as an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. But for every one of us, there's a next step in the process. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, this is the commissioning that you've given us to go and make disciples. And at Coastal, you've given us a process, God, and it's not complete and it's not perfect. I feel very strongly if we don't have a target and we're not, and we're not, then we're not shooting at anything, God. And, and there's a next step for every single one of us to run the race with endurance that you've set before us. And how do we do it? We're gonna keep our eyes on our Savior and on our Lord, Jesus Christ. And so, even in the process of being a disciple, Lord, there's, there's sin that so easily trips us up. God, we repent of our sin. We pursue Christ. We, we repent of the times where we just want to entertain ourselves, God, instead of pursuing Jesus Christ. We repent of the times where we bought into the culture where, you know, our goal is to get through life safe, soft, easy, and comfortable rather than the commissioning that you've given us to go and make disciples. God, as church members, people have been, maybe for many of us in this room, we've been coming year in and year out. God, give, give us a renewed, kindled heart for people that don't know you. Help us to build, help us to love first. Build relationships. And then, God, to be bold enough to invite or engage in spiritual conversation because you've commissioned us to go and make disciples. Help us to take your commissioning seriously, God. May it be at the forefront of our minds and our heart and our lives because the race is short, God. We have, we have a lifetime, that's it. And then the commissioning, the, the job that you've given us, it's, it's done, it'll be handed off to another generation of people, God. Help us to do it well. Help us to make Jesus famous. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Guys, this is our offering time. <clears throat> if you're a guest with us this morning, thank you so much for being here. I want you to know we're not after your money. Uh, offering is just one of the ways that we worship God uh, at Coastal. If you'd like to join us in that, you're welcome to. But don't feel an obligation to give. As a guest, uh, on the side of that bulletin is a tear-off. We call that a connect card. If you just fill that out and uh, drop that in the offering basket. And uh, what we'd love to do with that is just send you a thank you card for coming. That's all we're going to do with that. Uh, just a reminder, one of the neat ministries we have at Coastal, uh, we always have a prayer team member sitting in the front row uh, towards the end of the service. And so if you would like to talk to someone and pray with someone, some things are going on in your life. Uh, they're wearing purple shirts. That's how you'll know who they are. But they're always here during the offertory. You can come up or you know, even afterwards. I stay around for a little bit. So always make use of the prayer team if you need somebody uh, that you would like to pray with. Joey.